David Fremberg on the line um, for Castorian Brothers here. I've been a big fan of Reggae Kiss for a few years. I have to say, man, it's like Kiss is kind of like the Beatles. Like covers of the Beatles it just don't work, and and covers of Kiss don't work. But that is not the case with Reggae Kiss, man. I think you guys are—it's just exquisite, and the amount of love that goes into it. Like for any Kiss fan to hear it would have to go, "Oh my God, these guys are truly insane!" Like me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I guess we are. Well, tell me about the new release. Is it? Uh, I know it's out on vinyl, and congratulations. Is it? Um, is that a compilation of some of the older songs, or is it all new recordings? Uh, no, that's the the first album that's already on Spotify. Uh, Wonderful. So, yeah. And um, I got to say, Naked City is probably my fave. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, originally it started uh, just as a joke, really. I mean, because I play in a Kiss tribute band, like a normal Kiss tribute band, you know, uh, uh, called Dress to Thrill. And we've been going on for 10 years. Uh, and during one sound check, we were just fooling around, me and the other guitar player, and doing a back backbeat. So we were just saying to each other, like, Oh, it would be fun to try this out in my studio one night, just, uh -huh. just like for fun. And uh, he came over with like a, four bottles of wine, and <laughs> we, <laughs> we drank those, and and basically did "I Stole Your Love" in our, in my studio. Uh, we just did it in a, in one night, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, did, you have a, did you guys have a reggae background? Yeah, in, in a way, because uh, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I listened a lot to Kiss. I mean, a lot. <laughs> it okay. was like the only thing I listened to for, I think, when I was nine or something till I was 14. That was the only thing I listened to. So uh, my father was a jazz musician and, uh, and he really wanted me to like broaden my views a bit. So he... Uh, uh, he tried to give me these albums. I mean, he even tried buying Alice Cooper and, you know, just to get me to listen to anything else than Kiss. <laughs> I mean, he can't be healthy, you know? <laughs> to, you know, it was, it was quite unhealthy. I, I, you know, I had posters all over every inch of my walls. And, you know, I even made my mother, that was a teacher, she like printed, you know, overhead, 
copies that they yeah. use both. Yeah, so I could have those over my windows. It was unhealthy, so um, they, really, <laughs> they really wanted me to do uh, other music as well. And uh, so he bought me a Swedish artist that is really famous called Pips. Uh, he was a really cool guy that he brought reggae to Sweden in the 70s. So he uh, he made these amazing albums uh, where he does uh, interpretations of Bob Marley and his own songs in a really good manner like uh, really cool reggae style so so that album that i got when i was a kid that stuck to me so i listened to kiss and pips a lot growing up and of course the first time you heard reggae in kiss was in naked city right <laughs> yeah probably yeah <laughs> uh, I, so going back the thing was i we, we did that song just for fun and uh, and we, we put it out on YouTube and we got a great reception. Uh, Did you ever do it with Dress the Thrill uh, as reggae? Did you guys break into reggae versions ever? No, no, never. <laughs> uh, and then we did we did Go Thunder. And then we were thinking, because back then on the first couple of songs, we used drum loops, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing was, uh, people were like, uh, people always think they know best. So they, they said, well, the only way we can hear your really hard rock musicians, it's the drums. <laughs> that was actually a Jamaican guy. Uh, bullshit. I, I, I want to say it's pretty it's pretty awesome. And the snare sounds you get, I, I think it sounds awesome. And if you're looping it, I understand when you nail the beat, why not yeah. use it? <laughs> yeah. So, But after that, we, we, we're like, oh, we got to take this one step further because uh, I've been a professional musician for a long time and I know some of the greatest players around here in Sweden. So. We just asked our friends, like, uh -huh. would you, would you mind joining us? And everyone said yes. All our favorite guys. What uh, fun! So um, what we did was, we said, how did they do it back in the seventies? I mean, how did they record the albums back then? Because nowadays, you know, I work as a music producer right. uh, and a, a musician, so I spend a lot of time in the studio making like pop rock songs for, for all kinds of. Well, on behalf of uh, Kiss Nation, thank God for that, because you know, Reggae Kiss is it obviously shows that you you guys have your chops at every every level. Yeah, but it's got a great vibe too. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to interject. Go ahead. Yeah. So the thing was, what we did was like, because I'm I'm pretty fed up with the way things are done today. Unfortunately, it has to be done because the business is as it is. So I mean, you're so. Uh, you're so used to just playing to click track and sending files throughout the other side of the, yeah. of the world to get someone to do their their input and it's pretty soulless you know when you yeah. when you have a computer and you like was this a good take and you decide that through like zooming in on a waveform I mean, <laughs> that, that really sucks so <laughs> and that's the way it's done today i mean yeah. that's how it works so uh, we really wanted to get away from that and try to do an album the way they did it back in the 70s. So me and my friend Christopher, that we were the one that started this and still are the main guys, you can say. We 
we uh, we bought a shitload of beer. We said, clear out your calendars for a couple of days, and we just <laughs> we brought the beer, and we we just sat in the room, you know, with with a basic. So did that involve everybody listening to the song together and like pulling little yeah. bits out that they wanted to, you know? Exactly, uh, you know, yeah. keep cogent, but at the same time, you know, yeah. maybe not hammer in. It's it's really subtle, man. Exactly. That, so so uh, what we we did was like we gave it a lot of thought in the, at first. I mean, really, what songs we tried and thought thought it through really. I mean, gave it a lot of hours thinking what. That was songs one of the questions I had, of course. What other songs were are you still thinking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you can't do all every every song because yeah, sure. you have to like make it credible. But and then we we thought about how we wanted them to sound in a way. But the magic was like getting in the room and explaining that to everyone, and maybe like writing down a few chords and uh, just trying it out together. I mean. Then you get a feel for it. I mean, then it, you can suddenly say, well, my idea didn't work. How do you feel? And the bass player goes, well, if you drop it 10 BPMs and you shuffle it, and we can try it out instantly. And we say, nah, maybe five. And then we try it out until it feels really, really good. And right. then we can look each other in the eye and we forget about those click tracks and everything. And we just jam and we play together, the whole band, until it feels the great. idea of reggae to a click track is is very upsetting. It is. It is. <laughs> but I know it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, dude, yeah. yeah, it's really smooth. So, it, is it was it a revolving group, or that was the core that that did this this collection of songs in that yeah. in that in that tight little window? Yeah, that's we awesome. But we did. It took. Uh, we did. We did like four songs, and then we waited, and then we did like like three more, so it, it took some time to make it. And then I, you have the overdubs with the horns and overdubs with the backing vocals and stuff. So it takes time and- did you, go, did you do it at, did you do it, you know, like offsite and bring the gear in kind of thing or at your home? Or did you go into a studio? What'd you guys do? Yeah, we, we used a studio. I have my own studio. Gotcha. Yeah. So we recorded a, a little here and there we recorded uh yeah the the, the horns uh, actually he did it at his home studio and but the rest is together more or less so i you must yeah. you must i can just imagine you when you nailed that first one like feeling like a mad scientist <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah a like, lot of fun. i've done it i've done it <laughs> yeah kudos I've, kudos so talk to me about uh your Dr. Love video and is the dominatrix in the family? <laughs> yeah, it's my, it's my girlfriend. <laughs> hey, nice work. I, you know, Hey, uh, what's, what would Paul say? Raise your glasses, people. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys in the band uh you said christopher obviously he's he's also in uh in the kiss cover band yeah so he's in the rigging are the other are the other musicians fans and of course i was wondering about mr schaefer who joined you on a track and eco mouse i'm wondering if they have any kiss blood or they have more of a reggae uh, relationship uh you know it was uh Mr. Schaffer, uh the abba guitar player he, he told me a great story uh that that's why, because we played with him in Austria a couple of years ago, uh, me and Christopher in another band. And uh, he told us then that in the 70s, he was in, uh, in Stockholm, outside Stockholm in a big villa. And he was uh, really a hired gun uh, for this, this movie, I think, movie soundtrack they were doing with an American artist. And um, they worked there for like a month and they said it was pretty crazy times you know in the 70s there were a lot of you know drinking and smoking and a lot of women and they were having like a big house with all these musicians and women and love shack yeah and they were recording an album at the time awesome i mean and then they said uh, they called from the record company and saying like we got this guy coming in uh, another songwriter can you find room for him and they're like uh shit we got no sofas left <laughs> Uh, and said, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll fit him in. And they put him in the, uh, in the basement next to the heater, you know? Uh, really crummy on a mattress there. And that was Bob Marley. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Bob Marley, he, he spent like a half a month there, or three weeks, and they became really good friends. He and, he and right, Robert. I was reading a little bit about this on your page. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, really cool. So he actually... He showed me the old tapes that he has still from where Marley plays, like what became all the classics. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Wow. And if I may ask, just uh, jumping into my mind, um, do you see any sort of uh, sibilance there, if I'm the right word, nexus, between sort of Kiss's overriding sort of, you know, live life to the fullest, like you're on vacation, you know, and, 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 the sort of ethos of reggae, or is there not one ethos of reggae? I mean, it's depending who you're listening to. But you know, obviously the center point seems to be Marley. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if there's any connection there, or it's just the loves of the two music finding a happy place together. Yeah, I don't know really, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps, I mean, reggae is both, uh, both a celebration of life and also very, you know, uh, political and all that. But, Absolutely. It's a well, lot maybe, so I'm going to guess that you smoke a little bit of the ganja, especially uh, you're in the Netherlands, right? No, we're in Sweden. Sweden, sorry. Yeah. Excuse me, yeah. excuse me. Um, is it legal there? Nope. Just too clear I had to get 
How does this work? Did you have to get a gratis freed up license or anything from KISS? Or because it's international, do you, do, do you, do you, or do you just have to declare that the lyrics aren't yours? Yeah, yeah, we put it like, we don't claim to have the lyrics to be ours at all. You know she's gonna leave you well done. Have you had any backlash at all from the KISS family? They don't know anything about it or are you quite sure they do know? And think it's cool. They do know, uh, Great. and they love it. So awesome. So yeah, because I heard um, we heard from uh, from different whole. I mean, Gene he put on Twitter and Facebook that he okay. thought we were awesome, and uh, and Paul also he like tweeted about it, and uh, yeah. And the funny thing was, I heard this. It was really cool with. Um, because I work as a songwriter, producer, as I said, and I worked with this uh, Canadian songwriter for a month ago or something. And um, we started talking and, uh, and then I came into like showing her the reggae kiss stuff. And she's like, wow, really cool. You know, I know you and Sima's daughter. <laughs> like, wow, really cool. Wait, record, right? Yeah. And yeah, let me uh, let me send you a send her a message about this. And then. Uh, uh-huh. So she filmed me in the studio and like uh, said, look, I'm here with Reggae Kiss. They do really cool stuff. And she answered like, yeah, daddy showed me them a long time ago. <laughs> That's awesome, man. love to talk about KISS with you. I know you said you grew up with history. Where did it start? Well, for me, it started uh, in Sweden. Uh, it's pretty hard to describe, but in the 80s in Sweden, when I was a kid, uh, it was, we had two TV channels and uh, yeah. there was like really hard to get any uh, entertainment. You know, uh, you, you didn't hear rock music on the radio or anything. It was pretty pretty rough that way you know in the yeah. 80s uh, but we had a show uh called that explains doro or dora yeah <laughs> just kidding That's German. go ahead <laughs> well we, we had this with this uh, show on uh, on tv that was uh, all or nothing i think it's called uh where people that are excellent in one area could get uh, questions and they double their money all the time Anyway, back in the 80s, it was, so I said, we only had two channels. And back in those days, it was really horrible. I mean, there was like at maximum one interesting program per night. So when there was anything that was remotely fun, everyone in Sweden were watching. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they had this show that were people that were experts in different uh, subjects can, could, could compete with themselves. And this girl called... Uh, Salme Oya, she competed with Kiss. So that really. Uh, what do you wait, wait, give, give me, paint this picture for me? What are you yeah. looking at on the screen here? Well, because 
the whole every family in Sweden were hooked from the TV, TV sets back in 86. Uh-huh. And this girl comes on and all the other people that were competing were competing with, you know, mathematicians and stuff, boring. But she came on with Kiss. And suddenly on the primetime television at Saturday night, they were showing Jean dripping blood and they were I Stole Your Love on TV, you know, and it just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a lot of other people, I'm sure. So I mean, what's huge? So you had no, you had no idea who that was. How old were you then? No, no, no. That was I was uh, I was ten. That must have yeah, been. Yeah, that's about when I discovered him too. But maybe a decade earlier. So. Yeah, that was huge. And and that that uh, winter, I went into the store with my mom and I saw the Lick It Up album. <laughs> uh, so I asked for that for a Christmas present. Yeah. And at Christmas table, I was the only kid. So I was real anxious to get started with the presents. You know, we always gave them after dinner. And they finally said, uh, come on, go and have one present so we can eat a little longer. And, and you I rushed your, out. You knew what the one was, but you didn't know what yeah. it was. <laughs> I was rushing out and I like, got out the Lick It Up album and I put it on with my headphones on so I wouldn't disturb anyone. Yeah. And I, it was magic. It took me, I think, two seconds into Exciter, then I knew this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I love. This is it. Started off with lick it up, yeah. and uh, I, I, how did, did you behave? You said it became unhealthy later. That was a yeah. healthy moment, though, right? That was yeah, yeah. But it was really, it went really fast. After that, I mean, we were talking days before I took my family to the music store, and uh, we asked them, "Okay, I want to buy two albums. What should I get?" And the yeah. owner said, "I think you should get uh, the newest one. And it was uh, Asylum, and you should get." Uh, this one and it was alive holy shit yeah that was a pretty good combo so and after so what that, was your first concert david when did you first see the band yeah 88 88 was, so crazy nights tour yeah that was the first shot they, they came to sweden 84 and then they didn't come here again until 88 so right that's rough there's a lot of gaps there huh yeah do you feel, I, I feel like when I watch the videos of the overseas shows, um, not so much today, but uh, in the 80s, uh, and some of the board tapes have come out, not, not so much 88, but I love the 84 stuff, but the band is more energized playing in Europe. You think? Because the audience is like, they really appreciate it. It's not so judgmental. It's like everyone's there to have fun because they're not there as often. Whereas in the States, every two years, Kiss is coming through town. Yeah, as long as I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps I don't know. You know so I, I see the energy from those shows, and I see the performances. Um, it just it seemed a, a lot a lot better to me. Just you know, over the you know the the grand course of looking at so much bullshit. So 
Today, I assume you have every Kiss record. Of course, yeah. And I was just curious, um, you know, because you started in the 80s, is, yeah. is, is, is what is your lineup? What, what is your, you know, what's your happy place with Kiss? Like, if you could beam into a show right now, any show, where would you go? Like, with your time machine, you got one, you got one historic, uh, you know, chip. Oh, that's, oh, that's really tough. I mean, to, to go to Cobo Hall those nights in 76 January, wow, that's, uh, I'm always fascinated because they went actually to my hometown that's here in Lund, uh, southern Sweden, a small university town. They went there uh, and played in May 76. Oh, wow. Before this, uh, the Destroyer Summer Tour with... Uh, with the old alive costumes. Well, I know they were. In, I know that there's that Stockholm tape. Is that is the yeah. Luan tape out anywhere? Y yes, it is. Yeah. Ooh, I gotta look for that. And that's like that because I've seen so many shows there in that place uh, in the 80s, 90s. Uh, it's a, such a small. It's a handball arena, so it, it only takes like 3,000 people. And to see Kiss in their prime with the live show there, I mean, wow. So talk to me about uh, how'd you get Ecomouse involved? Well, that was really funny because <clears throat> uh, we just picked up a paper that, that said that Ecomouse, when Corona hit Sweden, Ecomouse was on tour and happened to be in Stockholm. So he got stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so historic. Yeah, yeah. Poor bastard. Say I want to set you free. Don't you know you're being made? 
we basically contacted him and asked what uh, if he wanted you to. You got a time on your hands. Yeah. You got some beer. Yeah. You got a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out great. Oh, so did you get to, with COVID and everything, did you guys exchange files or did he come by or how'd you do it? Uh, we exchanged files. Yeah. But you got yeah. to talk a little bit? Yeah. And he he's really happy with the result and everything. I thought it was awesome, man. Um, I've got a yeah, few yeah. other questions down here. Um, of, of all the tunes, like, uh, you know, it's just funny. You were talking about how there's a lot of drop-ins on some of these songs uh, from other tunes, right? Yeah. If you're listening carefully. Like the other day, I was I was just playing along with, um, you know, uh, St uh, Stone Free. Yeah. By Hendrix, you know, and that's God of Thunder. Right? <laughs> it's just funny. I start to notice because yeah, Paul yeah. does admit most of his songs were stolen. Yeah. He'll tell you where he stole them. Yeah. Very influenced. So how does, you know, in your personal music, when you're making music for yourself, not for other artists and not writing for other people, where does your, I, you know, and I'm sorry, I haven't heard it yet. I'd love to hear it, but if you want to plug that, I'm all for it. Um, and I'm kind of curious because I've had to do that with my own music and people can hear Kiss in it. But of course, I'm not going to sing like Gene and I can't sing like Paul, um, and which is why most people can't do covers of those. But I'm kind of curious, where does your music sort of land if you were or how do you know, maybe what do people compare it to? Uh, well, actually, I do. I really do quite a variety for, you know, like music wise, because Are you a songwriter first or a, or a producer, do you think? Yeah, I'm both. Gotcha. You got to be everything these days to get anything done. Yeah. So, so I got my, my like what I used to call my real band, <laughs> my main band. Uh, we've been like, we've been doing albums since uh, 2000. What's and the band called? We're called Andromeda. Andromeda? Yeah. So it's like progressive metal. Uh, wow. So we've been, we've been it's a great there, like, name. I can't believe that hasn't been yeah. taken. Yeah. It's so we've been. We've been in, uh, actually, we've been to America and played. We've been to. Okay, so I'm an idiot here. I haven't taken, I didn't do my research. You know, Kistorian Brothers is really phone calls about Kiss with Kiss fans. So yeah. please don't be offended, David. No, 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 no. Uh, but that, so that's really like really advanced music, you can say. Um,
So what's your favorite uh, 80s Kiss album? Is it that, is it Lick It Up or do you like Creatures better or where, where do you stand on those? Oh, Creatures of the Night. I mean, that's that's really hard to beat. I mean, yeah. uh, but Lick It Up is also awesome. But uh, and do you yeah. do you actually know David the order in which you got the albums? You know the first three, right? And it's weird. Oh, Kiss okay. fans, Kiss fans, remember where they were, where they bought each album. Yeah, almost. So we've already almost, got yeah. we've got Alive, we've got Asylum, and you've got Lick It Up so far. Yeah, and that what, what happened that? after that? What happened after that was I became really obsessed. So, you know, I started thinking, how can I get my hands on all these albums? Because there were a lot. So that was like the only thing I wished for, for Christmas and birthdays, of course. Uh, and then I started, you know, spending uh, spending my time trying to earn 50 Swedish kroners because that's what, how much a nice price LP would cost. So that became like a currency for me, 50 kroners. Because then, when I had 50 kroners, I could... Great for a band, you know, at least from over here, anyway. <laughs> then I could, like, I could run to the, to the store and ask them to order like the Kiss album I wanted yeah, because uh, they, because Kiss was really not very hip in the 80s in Sweden so they didn't have anything in stock it's <laughs> funny you should say that David because it seems to me like in, in Europe Kiss was kind of hip in the 80s but in America they weren't yeah, I think it was the same here I mean okay. they had great great success with uh, with uh, Lick It Up and Have It On Fire those were huge those songs but then after that yeah not so much since they got too soft for the for the heavy you guys like it you guys like it real now I, th I think they had to compete with the 10 years younger guys you know bon jovi and all those yeah they, i mean it's pretty evident that that kiss started desperately trying to <laughs> co copy what was happening i mean at the time yeah they even hired the same guys to make their clothes and stuff yeah paul turned into david lee roth and, yeah you know. exactly so yeah so, so what was the next record that uh, 50 kroners on. Uh, it was Destroyer after that. Oh, and how did that grab you at first listen? I loved it. I mean, I wasn't neutral at all. I loved everything with Kiss from that on. I mean, can I ask you, do you I, me and my brother had this experience though over time, and and that is that when we would get the album at first, like when I first heard, say, Monster, um, yeah. or, uh, you know, I thought, I, I, I heard, you know, Heaven, Hell, or Hallelujah, and I thought I was going to puke. And within yeah. two listens, I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I must admit, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a huge fan up till like, till the first farewell tour. Then it kind of, I'm not, I've not listened those albums to death, I can admit to the later ones. Right. There's a couple good moments on each, right? Yeah. Um, so, and it's nice. And I, I wish they would at least put out another record. Because I think that's what yeah. we really want is a little more yeah. music, right? Yeah, I don't know. of course. Yeah, that's Why that's not? sort of the one of the things that that I've been thinking about. So you go on to Destroyer. What comes next? Are you now into the seventies, or so you're buying this, and and this is probably prior to '88. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, then it gets. I think I traded. Uh, I don't think that was released in America. Kiss Killers. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, it was only released in Europe and Japan uh, at the time, at least. I have to tell you, I was in London in 86 and that's where I got Killers.
What's your favorite 70s and what's your favorite 80s? Uh, well, I mean, you already said creatures, yeah. but how about unmasked? You know, oh, I unmasked, love unmasked. unmasked no, I mean the unmasked years. Yeah, you mean so? Uh, well, that's so hard. I mean, I, I really love them the whole way through. I mean, I think yeah. it's almost easier to say the which I like less <laughs> because okay. I love them so much. All the albums, you know, I think. Uh, Hot in the Shade and Animalized are the weakest albums. Otherwise, they're awesome. I mean, I love Crazy Nights. I really love Asylum and Lick It Up. But uh, and not to talk about the creatures because that's maybe that's almost weird. like yeah, we can't even. It's like yeah. don't even look at it, right? Don't even yeah. yeah. It. And so, what about the '70s studio records? Wow. I mean, <laughs> wow. It, it's also really, really tough to. I mean, <laughs> sorry, that biology. I mean, I'm sorry, David, you, don't, you can't be docked any points for your answer. No, I mean, it's like picking a child. Which child do you love most? <laughs> it's really hard. I know, but imagine you're at the pearly gates and you've got to speak your truth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would bring to Desert Island, I would bring Kiss Alive. Right, but what about the studio records, my friend? Yeah, then uh, perhaps it's Rock and Roll Over. Ooh. Yeah. And why do you prefer that to say the others? Is it the songs? Is it the sound? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the sound is like perfect for Seventies Kiss, I think, and, and the songs are also awesome. I mean, the the whole trilogy with uh, with Destroyer, Rock and Lover, Love Gun is hard to beat. That's really, really. I would absolutely agree with you. That is sort of the pinnacle. And yeah. if I may ask, you know, as I let you go here, and uh, if you want to get any plugs in in a moment, that that'd be uh, awesome. But uh, what Kool Aid do you drink, my friend? What what was? What Kool Aid? Is it the Kool -Aid. blue? Is it the green? Is it the purple? Is it the red? Oh, I don't re drink any Kool Aid. Do you not understand what I'm saying? No. That's, that's sort of an Americanism, I guess. That's lost in translation. People joke around in in uh, you know which Kool Aid do you drink? If you drink the blue, that means you're you're with Ace. All right, all right, cool. Right, you remember the guy who killed everybody and they drank the Kool Aid? So. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you're leaving a company, you might say, you know what, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid anymore. <laughs> uh, okay. The Kool-Aid yeah. mean you're a believer. So All I'm right. just curious, who is your favorite member of Kiss and why? Oh, that's really tough. It's it's between it's between Ace and Paul. I mean. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Ace because he's Ace. Uh, and yeah, Paul, because answer. he's everything, he's Paul basically is Kiss. So, uh, but Ace is, he's like magic. And and I guess that's really the magic of Kiss is the symbiosis between those two teams, really. I mean, the if you say boring, I wouldn't say boring, but maybe stiff, Gene and Paul team. You know, we don't drink, we have a focus, we know what we want. And then we have the two fuck ups, Ace and Peter, that are really rock and roll dudes. I mean, if we would have four of those, nothing would have happened. If we would have four stiff people, nothing would be cool. So the, the combination is what's Kiss. I mean, that's 
that's the perfect. Nicely put, match. David. I, I can't agree with you more because, you know, you know, as much as Gene and Paul want to slag Ace and Peter, they realized they needed some scene credibility and they needed real rock and rollers in their band or they wouldn't have chosen those two. And you yeah. know how smart Gene and Paul are. Yeah. And they had plenty of auditions, so those were the guys for the gig. Yeah. When they I mean, say Peter couldn't sing. The reason they took Peter is because he could sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just so funny. I get tired of the negative energy from those guys as if they don't love those records. You know, how yeah. can they listen to that? It is sad when I hear Ace say that, you know, Gene and Paul never complimented him on his solos. You know, hey, nice work. But I think, you know, the fact that Ace always made them carry his gear and all this. And so there was always this sort of, you know, it, you had to be a pretty shrewd cat to be able to be in a band for any length of time with Gene and Paul. I think it'd be pretty tough. I think yeah. they did a number on, on Peter, but, you know, Peter had his own devices and Ace did too. But I, I don't think it's, I think, you know, Bruce Kulik, for instance, is a very, or, or Tommy Thayer are very special guys is not only do they have the chops, but they also know how to sort of not get ruffled about just about anything. Yeah, I mean, they're easier to be around, I think. Perfect, I mean. You know, probably, better. but you're right. There's that magic. Yeah. Um, and I would say that about Peter Chris's drumming too. Like, it's funny when you talk to real drummers, they're like, yeah, man, I love Peter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Peter in 75, 76, that was really good, I mean. Eddie Kramer said he didn't but, have to change any of the drums. And if you listen to those outtakes from those other shows from Cleveland and stuff where some of that stuff may have come from for 75, the drums are identical. They didn't have to mess with the drums. And to even take that a step further, Eddie said that all of the vocals on Alive 2 from Peter's mic were as is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand really why they... So many people talk about Alive being like, oh, it's only overdubs. I mean, have you heard those shows? I mean, yeah, they're almost they exactly the same. Yeah, they could play. Yeah, but I got a really fun fact that I think it's never been talked about. I actually put in Hotter Than Hell, uh, and I put verse one and verse two in left right in my headphones right and i realized that peter must have been playing to click track already back in 74. no way he doesn't play don't play no they say that we've all heard the story that the first time he played the click track was destroyer when he was with the uh, dude they didn't have the automation or the sobriety to use a click track in yeah, the but, 70s but i'm sure they did i mean uh, he did to a destroyer he used to click but uh I'm oh sure yeah yeah well no a human click in bob ezrin yeah but i'm sure yeah. they had they had uh, metronomes back then they could record that through a mic through the channel and it's pretty clear that he uses it on hotter than hell because you're talking about the live version of hotter than hell no, no, I'm talking about the studio version. Oh, okay, maybe. Okay, so what are you, what are you, you're hearing something there? Yeah, because I put like verse one in left speaker, verse two in right speaker at the same time, and it's identical. They're identical. I mean, it, uh, it's, it's perfect. And it's perfect. That's incredible, because you know, you take a metronome even to, you know, Bonham, and it goes yeah. haywire within a verse. Yeah, of course. 
Interesting, so, my friend. Yeah. Maybe they had to do that with them. Yeah. So I mean, that's pretty funny because my guess is because Harder Than Hell is to me the le <clears throat> the least groovy album of the '70s, and my I, guess is that agree. they they actually made Peter play the songs they rehearsed slower than he wanted to with ah, a click track. Ah, this is fascinating. We're breaking ground here. Yeah, it's nerdy, but <laughs> well, the thing I what I do yeah. like about I think artistically, besides the first album, yeah, Long Gun, artistically though, somehow, Hunter the Hell may be the purest statement. It's so like they're just beat up from the road, and there's yeah. some great performances on there. You know, obviously the production is brutal, and anybody and everybody and their brother would love to remix that record. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the tracks exist and why that hasn't happened. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were thrown out. I don't know, but that is fascinating. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out, David. Well, hey man, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Do you have any plugs you want to make, or can you let us know where we can buy the record? Uh, you can just check out our Facebook page and send us a personal message, and we'll hook you up. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to compliment you on your YouTube page. It's oh, like you. no fluff, all all great content. Yeah, thanks, man. How are you going? David, Actually, I really, I really enjoyed speaking with you and. Um, I'm going to check into into your music and I wish you continued success and happiness there in Sweden and thanks so much for for coming on and, and staying in touch and I can't wait to hear what's next and um, I'll be buying a copy of that uh, before you can say Christmas. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>